The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. That's the best one right there. It's funny, my teammates say, you act like you just got out of prison. I said, well, you know. I would be mentally a lot sharper at this point had I eaten more cheese. You know, obviously, kind of like a, the master in the, you know, had one. It's never been about revenge. It's about a reckoning. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. When you're listening to Poor Man's Package Podcast, go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the one Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined this week with Blake. Uh, Blake, you are a Packer fan like myself. I don't think we need any introductions here. We are prepared for the draft. Finally, it's been a couple of weeks since we've had an episode out. Uh, kicking things off, Blake, uh, how do you feel about your T-Wolves tonight? Huh? That's, uh, that's very on topic for Packers podcast. Yeah, I know they're real interested, but uh, I'm very scared. <laughs> um, John Morant scares everyone, I feel like. And uh, other than that, we've played them for three or four games. So I, like, I'm only scared that it's on the road. Is it... Uh, I guess you're a T Wolves fan, but you know the whole Minnesota collapse thing two games ago. Does that give you any type of happiness? Because it reminds you of like Vikings collapses in the past, or is it just something you deal with as a T Wolves? As a Packers fan, fan, it's something I expect. (laughs) It's like something I expect. Where I'm just like, yeah, that those are those are my Minnesota teams. Like, well, you know they're gonna collapse. Like, just I accept it. But, you know, it is what it is. Okay, good. Well, that's a good outlook. It's kind of like, you know, it's Packer fans going into the playoffs and accepting that we're going to lose. But, you know, we'll have a fun regular season. But after that, it'll kind of... It's like a more successful fun, though. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. more successful fun. You feel good for a long time. Yeah, literally. Most of the season. And My then... other teams, I haven't really felt good in ever. Like... Yeah, shoot. Yeah, you don't you don't really get the hope as a Minnesota fan. As a Packer fan, you don't get much pain during the season and then the playoffs it all just comes at once and you know you want to kill yourself or yeah it hurts i like that like pain though if we're gonna be like real like just being there that's more fun that's true it's it, more fun it lets you know when you're sitting watch everyone play it just sucks <laughs> it sucks uh i guess any since you're here do you have any uh predictions on how this series will end for the t-wolves I got Wolves and Six, baby. Okay, wow. Okay, Bucks and Six. All right. Yeah. Well, with that, it's been a couple of weeks since we've had an episode, so I figured we will get something out there before the draft, even though we are recording the Tuesday beforehand. So I'm going to quickly go through some of the quick stuff of the offseason, the moves the Packers have made, where we're at now with the roster, what we have for holes, uh, with how the draft, the prospects, you know, where it looks like there's some strengths in it. Seems like everything's kind of tying up well for the Packers going into the draft for, you know, where it seems to be a trenches heavy, wide receiver heavy draft and, you know, quarterbacks, running backs. I don't feel like worried about the draft. I feel like we can just enhance ourselves. Like, yeah, like you need some pieces. Sure. But like 
We've been in way worse situations. That's very, so. yeah, very true. Um, I'll just hop right into it. Since we've recorded, <laughs> Packers trade away Devontae Adams. Biggest thing about that now, obviously, we have a huge hole at receiver, but we did get the 22nd and 53rd overall pick. Others guys, other guys we have lost during the offseason. MVS signed with the Chiefs. Billy Turner went back to Denver. Lucas Patrick signed with the Bears along with EQ. Oren Burks is with the Niners. Ch- Shannon Sullivan is with the Vikes. And... Zedary Smith also signed with the Vikings, which... That's the worst one. I'll save that for when I get uh, Kyle and Hank back to rank, because I've been a notorious Zedarius hater since the start of last year, and it kind of went down the shutter. Anyways, uh, keeping the band back together mostly, uh, we extended Preston Smith, we re-signed Devondre Campbell and Razul Douglas, which was a little surprising, but I guess after moving on from Devonta, we had some more room. Makes our secondary wild. Yep. Uh, a lot of options there, especially going into the draft. Uh, Robert Tunyon will be back. We signed punter Patrick O'Donnell. Four years uh, or two years, four million. Uh, nice to have someone who will hold, it looks like. Uh, Jerron Reed, the defensive lineman and also Sammy Watkins just a couple weeks ago. So we have some type of receiving core going into the season. Um, but yeah, those were the moves we made for the most part. Now just looking at what we have on offense. Once again, Packers have a huge hole at receiver. <laughs> I mean, when the depth chart shakes out with like Cobb, Lazard, Amari, Winfrey, and Watkins, it's not exactly the best uh, you know outlook we've ever had at that spot. It's the only position I feel like we really need. Yeah, and... We'll get into it later too, but I, with the first four picks, we have to take a receiver. I would be shocked gotta. if it doesn't happen. Just gotta. And you know, even after day one, maybe we don't come away with a wideout, but and Twitter will freak out. But who really gives a shit about that at this point? Because I mean, we've had I've, so much success in the second round. I feel like Twitter's gonna burn down. Period. No matter what we draft, so you might as well just accept it. Like I don't know. Yeah, unless you know, if we go both Georgia guys, we get like Pickens and uh, Jordan Davis. Oh I think. yeah. Then it would be a little bit better to keep those G's on the helmets. But uh, yeah, True. wide out, obviously a big need. Offensive line depth. I still like our offensive line for the most part. David Bakhtiari coming back from injury. Elton Jenkins also coming back from injury. But we do have Runyon, Myers, Newman, and Yash Nyman, who will figure out if he's going to play right tackle. I think after draft week, we're going to have a better idea of what they our, feel our, like. Yeah, what our veterans are going to be next year. Um, Adam Stenovich, during his presser a couple weeks ago, he did talk about the decision to go with a veteran in the playoffs instead of Yash. And I don't know, maybe he's going to see the <laughs> the mistake that was and finally give him a full shot because he even said they were a little surprised with how well he played last year. Um, tight end, another kind of need on offense. Obviously, running back and quarterback probably not going to go there, but. Big Dog, Robert Tunyon, Dominique Daphne, and Tyler Davis, which a lot of people have forgotten about. I thought he was a decent plug-and-play late in the year, so I don't think tight end is a huge need. We can go into the season with these guys, but obviously it's about as average to mediocre as the tight end spot could really Would you be. put DeGuara in there as well? Or do you feel like he's going to play like more Josiah, of a I about Josiah DeGuara, but yes, he is that you know, just, H-back kind of move. I just around. asked that because they talk about him as like a fullback as well, like moving him around, but like... I think he's more of a tight end, but... Yeah, no, I, he's more of a tight end. He's one of those guys where... Well, sorry, not him, but the entire group where everyone fits like different niches. If we could combine them all into one guy, then we'd have a good tight end. But right now, it's a bunch of just whatever. Yeah, you know, even are great in some. Yeah, even like Big Dog, who I thought was pretty reliable for the most part, kind of, you know, 
you know, we love him. He does the intro to the podcast, but he did fumble in the playoffs. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, defense, Packers' largest hole is probably the defensive line. We obviously have Kenny, Jerron Reed, who we just signed. But then we have Dean Lowry, who's, you know, about as average as it comes. But he is also in a contract year. And with Kingsley Kiki gone, I think we've kind of glossed over that. But he was getting some significant snaps. And we always were holding out hope that he would become a little bit more of a player. Still have TJ Slayton and Jack Heflin. Slayton, obviously, the big body guy drafted last year. See what happens there. Edge, Preston, Gary, Garvin, Ramsey, Tippa. Once again, not a huge hole there, but... If we lost Preston or Gary, it would be pretty awful. We were lucky we had Gary when we did last year with Zadarius not really playing. That would have been a huge hole. I don't think the Packers would have been as good as they were last year if we didn't have that depth. So I think it's a big depth need. Along with that, safety. Right now, I think we're set with Amos and Savage, but both of those guys are pretty much in contract years. Um we won't sign one of them for sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep one, but we won't keep one. Right. Like Savage obviously has the high upside, fast, athletic, and Anus is, you know, the veteran guy who's kind of mistake free. I, for one, would rather stay with Amos. And the big, there wasn't much that we got from Goody's presser on uh, this week. But the one thing he said is that he wasn't going to exercise any of the fifth year options between Gary and Savage. I think for sure we'll bring Gary back with that fifth year option but with Savage I think he's kind of shown his hand a little bit that they are looking at the possibility of taking a safety in the with the first four picks that they have in the first two rounds so we'll look for that but yeah okay catching my breath a little bit there There was a lot to kind of go through with the (laughs) there was entire off offense but those are all the holes for the most part the Packers to go over quickly they have the 22nd pick the 28th pick both in the first round 53 and 59 which are both in the second uh, 92, which is in the third, 132, 140, which are both fourth round picks, 171, which is a fifth, no sixth rounders, and three seventh round picks. So with that, uh, let's talk about the one position that everyone talking about all off season, and that is the wideouts. Now, obviously, you and I, we aren't draft experts, we aren't scouts. However, I've been part of a dynasty league for over a decade now, and the one thing I do you know, in the off seasons, getting ready for the rookie draft is look at wideouts and running backs. So I think I'm well equipped to judge some of these guys here. I mean, in my opinion, you're an expert. I, <laughs> I mean, I did win the dynasty league this you've year. You've been in fantasy so. football over a decade. Eh, you know, you're an expert on your opinion. Exactly. Yeah, yeah there I, you go. I've never messed with that. Yeah. So let's go through most of the wideouts here. We'll gloss over the first four who I think will either get drafted before the Packers are up or they kind of they don't meet that threshold that the Packers look for. I guess we can get this out of the way right now, too. One thing that the Packers obviously look for in guys are athletes, the whole RAS score thing. Everyone's seen that online. It's the average for the measurables of all these different prospects, whether it's speed, weight, height, agility, all that stuff. That is what the RAS score pretty much just puts together. Uh, score from 0 to 10. And when you look at the end of the drafts every year, Usually the Packers have a lot of guys who have RAS scores above eight. So that's kind of part of what we're seeing at the wideout spot here. Briefly, go through a couple of these guys. Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. I think he'll be gone. Um, yeah. He seems to be the consensus number one. You never know what happens when the you know draft actually starts up. But we'll see. I don't think we have to talk about him much. Drake London, 6'4", USC, big guy. No RAS score because he's banged up and hasn't ran. But... 
I don't know. I a lot of guys really love him. I don't love him. He doesn't really meet what the Packers usually look for, but I could very well be wrong. I know you like. Uh, I don't like. I don't like love him or anything. Um, I don't like if you could like pick out of the group, but like where we're drafting, I don't know. Like he's like an option yeah. that I look at, and just the size is. I don't know. The size is nice. We play in the cold sometimes, so you might as well just have some size too. If he comes, if he comes, I won't be disappointed. Yeah, we'll get into that later. I wouldn't be disappointed either. I guess the guy I would be a little bit more disappointed with would be this uh, Dotson out of Penn State. Yeah, like if we're gonna do anything, we got slot guys. Like right. Like if you're gonna do a slot guy explosive at that point, even though someone's available, like Alave is who I'd go for. Yeah, well, but, hey, we're going to get there. Quit yeah. uh, tipping picks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Dotson, he only has a 6.25 RAS score, two backers of uh, drafted guys like that in the past, but probably wouldn't do it that high. And the last guy to talk about who I think is out of our range would be Jameson Williams, the wide receiver out of Alabama, who obviously tore his ACL in the championship game. Uh, but yeah, super fast, lightweight. Um, I don't He would be a great replacement for MVS, but I don't believe the Packers are going to do that one with the injury thing too. Packers usually, you know, we always say that the Packers stay away from injured guys or that's kind of been something that is brought up, but we did take Eddie Lacy who had kind of that foot problem at the end with Alabama. And there's been some other guys in the past too. I'm trying to think, well, I mean, just Gary with the shoulder. That was one thing. Kevin King, I think had the elbow or shoulder too coming out of college. So if we move up, I think that would be the guy we'd take, but I don't anticipate that happening. Yeah, I mean, he would be great. I just, I don't think he's gonna be there. And if he does fall there, I like don't see the problem of taking him. I would, yeah. Like I would like it's another one where I'm like, yeah, receiving core like could use him right now, and like, but he won't be there till December at the earliest, right. maybe. And if that's the thing, and we're trying to like win, we're we could, trying to band everything back together. So I don't know. It's it's tough because I. I've thought about it too, and it's dumb. It's surface level shit. But with the wide up position, why I think we're going to invest heavily this year. First off, Goody really hasn't. You know, the only time he really has was taking the three wideouts a couple of years ago with MVS and Jamal Moore and them. Yeah, with, and you know, and that's been kind of fifty fifty for how those guys turn out. It's oh, I'd say the only one really panned out. Got a real like second contract was MVS. Yeah, but even like mid round guys to last this long in the league, like even EQ could be said he's a success. But I at the same time, I'm kind of glad he's not on the team. Anyways, looking forward, I think if you invest in guys now, it's dumb. But especially with the you know they're all young guys, rookies. I think it would be a good way to keep Rodgers around, too, because you got to think, like, at the end of the season, say, you know, we go to the playoffs, lose, which tends to happen. There's a high percentage in the NFL of that. Very, very high percentage. You know, one thing sticking in Rodgers' head might be, well, God, you know, next year, they're going to be second-year receivers, and they're going to be so much better than they were this year. Do I, I finally got some offensive weapons, you know, in the first two rounds, first time in a few years. Do I really want to walk away now? And then at the same time, if, he does retire or something. It's like, well, if nothing else, you'll have Jordan Love set up fat with all these wideouts, a decent offensive line, the running backs. So you'll know, really know who he is then if that's how it played out, because he'll have all this stuff. And if he can't do it, then you really know exactly. Um, the other thing that I'm thinking about with these wideouts, which we're getting into here, is the Packers playoff. You know, played in the cold. They haven't really been up to snuff lately, and it got me thinking to. Teams that have played the Packers in the past who have had a lot of success passing at Lambeau Field. 
Blake, off the top of your head, and we didn't talk about this before, maybe you won't get it. When you think of like wideouts or teams who have played really well against the Packers at Lambeau Field over the last decade, who comes to mind first? Debo Samuel. Okay, Debo. No, see, that was he has just abused us for almost three years now. So Debo's one thing, and that's the most recent. But let's think ten years ago. Ten years ago, even longer. God, I said ten years. It is like talking to. I'm talking now. See now, if we could find it in the middle here. Both of these guys are from the same team. I'll just say it here. I'm thinking back to some of the worst losses the Packers have had in the playoffs at Lambeau. That would be against the New York Giants. That's I'm, fair. I'm thinking two guys, Plaxico Burris and Hakeem Nix. Now, in those two games, obviously the NFC Championship game in 2007 where we lost. Looking back at that game, all I think of is Al Harris getting just bodied by Plaxico. Yep. One of the coldest games in, right. in Lambeau Field history. He still finished that game with 11 catches, 151 yards out of 251 yards that Eli Manning just threw in that game. Just boxed us out all night. That's all yeah. I did. It and, wasn't Eli Manning <laughs> making accurate throws. It's Plexico Burris playing rebounder, and we're too little. A big body guy at Lambeau in the cold. And then 2011 when we fell apart, big guy in that game, Hakeem Nix, 6'1", 208, you know, thicker dude. Seven receptions, 165 yards, and two touchdowns. So two guys who don't exactly fit the typical mold that the Packers look for, but maybe with this recent struggle in the playoffs at Lambeau, the cold weather maybe will change it up a little bit, which leads me into the one wideout that I... I don't know, him and Han, all these fucking guys, but... Traylon Burks, 6'2", out of Arkansas, uh, 225 pounds, uh, 4.55, 50 time. His RAS score is just 5.56, which is kind of out of the Packers' range. And, you know, he didn't test well. He ran a little slower than what people were expecting. But at the same time, you look at him playing against Alabama, and he legitimately outran their entire secondary. I mean, 4.5, yeah, it's slow in the, in the NFL. But, like, but like if you're the- that big, you can body a little bit, like you said. And, like, real athletic score, yeah, it's just like Olympics of, like, an athlete. But doesn't translate to football. It doesn't really doesn't. Like football, everyone thinks it's track on turf, but it's not. It's a it's a physical sport. Yeah, because we saw that with can't handle the like, contact. You know, Jeff Janis, EQ guys who have all the physical traits but haven't really put it together. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know if he'll be there either. But it's hard not to like him. He's. I don't hate him either. Though you know, I mean, just like everyone's not talking about him. Yeah, he's he uh. All his boar hunting. He's like killed a bunch of boars with knives when he goes out hunting and stuff. Like, okay, a man's man. Wisconsin would fit in. I fit in with the culture for sure. But it's another thing hearing too is he's played a lot from the slot. That's where he mostly played. He's had a lot of they kind of uh, create touches for him too. It doesn't seem like you know. You say he's not a separator, kind of. Well, it's not even so much a separator, but he doesn't know the game as well as people might have thought going into the draft. He hasn't interviewed well. It sounds like product of the spread. You're thinking, yeah, in a way, possibly. Yes, he's one of the guys who, if he puts it together, he could be great. You know, people are saying he has, you know, he's almost like To with his measurables and shit. And it's like, okay, I don't know about that. Yeah, we'll see. That's interesting. But big option there. Next guy to talk about, Chris Olave. Six foot nothing out of Ohio State, 187 uh, pounds, 4.39, 40 time. He, uh, his RAS score is 8.62. He's the one guy everyone's talking about the most pro ready. Um, they're saying like you could 
pencil him in as your number two wideout. Um, the one guy who's not going to bust of all these receivers. I don't know. He seems Packers Twitter's kind of gone back and forth. It's been Chris Olave and then George Pickens, who we'll talk about here pretty quick. But I don't know. It's weird. He's, you know, he played at a good school. He was always pretty productive. But at the same time, these are the couple stats that jumped out to me that I found out of the 41 eligible receivers or top guys out of this draft class. He was uh, 35th in yards against man coverage. And he also, uh, what was he? And he was like 32nd in yards after the catch. Like this dude is kind of like Victor Cruz. I'm sure everyone remembers that. Uh, Olave is not a guy who's going to get anything after the catch. Kind of like Victor, you catch the ball, fall down for the most part. And that's what he is. Um, either way, plug and play would be perfect for where Rodgers is at in his career. Any thoughts on him, Blake? I think he's the most pro ready, like everyone says. But I'm also like, I just don't think there's an upside at all. Like he doesn't, he's not big. He's not super strong. Doesn't get a ton of yards after the catch. And like our system, like there should be some space to get yards after the catch. And it kind of scares me just with the way people are going to stack the box maybe early in the season. It's because our running game is going to be good. Right. It's And it's like we have a bunch of guys now at wideout. Like we have we have a bunch of threes. Yeah, they're not none of them are bad, but like none are like really taking you the top off. Maybe Watkins when he's really cooking, but like no one else is really scaring you over the top. Right. It's, I don't, we'll, we'll see what happens with how the draft comes out. Cause I mean, Lazard, I still like Lazard, but you can't feel good about him being a number one receiver. I, yeah. Like one, I just, I don't know. So next guy to talk about, mentioned him briefly before there, George Pickens, six, three out of Georgia, uh, 195 pounds, ran a 4.4740. His RAS score is 9.34. He blocks. You know, he does all the dirty work, uh, negatives. It sounds like his interviews haven't been going well either. Um, okay. Towards ACL last spring, but came back. Still played at the end of the year. He seems to be, I, if I had to pick one wideout we're going to take, Pickens seems to be the guy we would pick. Um, I mean, all the run we're going to do here, the next three guys we're going to talk about, Pickens would be one. Like, not, like, my favorite one. I'm just saying, like, well, the next three we're going to talk about. He's, like, for sure, like, the three, the one of the three that I want. Right. Um, I think Matt LaFleur will love him, even if they hate him in the interview process or something. <laughs> right. I say that because he blocks, because Matt LaFleur loves Lazard. But this guy's a way better athlete than Lazard. Yeah. So I'm like, well, he could be Lazard with some real upside. So that's scary, but, like, that's always, you know, hit or miss. But, like, I think he's good, and he's going to be all right. I would think so, too. It's, you know, it's... A lot of different receivers in this class. No real like prototypical number one guy, but it's kind of you know what what niche do you want to fill? It's with It's not them? a generational guy, in my opinion. Right. Well, someone who could be a generational guy, who's been all the talk. You know, obviously we us living in the Midwest too. Christian Watson, six four out of NDSU, two hundred eight pounds, ran a four point three six forty. His RAS score is nine point nine six. Physical freak compares to Calvin Johnson. Also compares to, as we've mentioned a couple times here, Jeff Janis. All the physical tools, you know, if he went to an Alabama or any type of real <laughs> actual college, I'd say. I mean, that's a little harsh for NDSU. Yeah, they're a powerhouse. They're like legit powerhouse, but they're not D1, D1. Right. Power little, 5, D1. A little bit different, but it is a little concerning. He only played like 36% of his snaps last year. You would think he would have crushed the competition a little bit more. I'm 
It's one of those where I would be excited but not thrilled because he seems to be the least pro-ready. At the same time, Ross Uglum, who I think he's with the Packer Report or something now. I think he, he might live in Fargo or some shit. I don't know. He covers NDSU as well. Okay. He brought up a good point because the one big thing is, you know, obviously he hasn't done it too much. Uh, talking Watson here. But he brought up Sterling Shepard, who was kind of a failure for the Packers. But for an undrafted guy a couple of years ago, he did pretty well. It wasn't his head that was that brought him down. It was he was such a small, short guy. And Ross brought up, and I remember this too, how uh, Shepard was legitimately like helping out veteran receivers learning the playbook. Guys like EQ and MVS, I would assume, who weren't getting it as well as he was. So... If Shepard was able to get it, I'm a little less concerned about bringing in a guy like Watson. It's a huge if. I wouldn't use a first round pick on him. But yeah, it that's makes me feel a little bit better. That's how I feel about him. Like if he slips to like 53 and we don't trade out of it or anything or anything like that, I mean that's that's who I would target there. Like he's such a high upside guy. Um take the top off your defense. Even if he can't run great routes right away, you can put him in for 36% of the snaps, like MVS level kind of stuff, and just let him run under it if he can catch a ball. Right. Like, and he is a physical freak. It seems like he'd be able to play some special teams too, like we've said. Jeff. Yeah, he could definitely be an outside be gunner. gunner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. He's been kind of a late bloomer for a lot of Packer Twitter people as well. Big thing for him. Everyone calls him Jordy Nelson 2.0, 6'3", 211. A 9.62 RAS score. Thing with him as well is he's, <laughs> you know, Jordy Nelson 2.0, but a lot of people have also compared him to Alan Lazard. Do we really need to draft a guy who's kind of similar to Lazard? Obviously, he's a little bit quicker than Lazard is, but he's, I don't know. I wouldn't hate taking him either. I, With all these guys that we just talked about, it seems like, you know, so I, I like Burks, but... Guys like Burks and Watson, I would like, but if we're drafting them, I don't want them to be the only wide receiver that we take. Because someone like Olave and Pickens and even Pierce here, I think they're a little bit more pro-ready than the other two and could step in. So I'd want to pair them up rather than just go into the season with kind of a project at that spot. I agree with that. I need like... I didn't know that real athletic score. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I mean, um, at that size. Um, and a white guy. I mean, you can. Yeah, I mean, sure, the white, white guy, guys. like, sure. <laughs> but, like, that's interesting. I did not know that. Um, yeah, that's Jordy Nelson, like, athleticism, honestly. And, like, I know he's playing in that spread, so he doesn't come out of, like, a Kansas State level running offense. So you don't know what he's truly out, like, on the outside, like, isoed up, but. It seems like he's a willing blocker, too, from the few things I've but seen. At that size, I'd hope so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on, Jalen Tolbert's another guy to talk about. South Alabama, RAF score 8.85. Uh, there's a guy from Toledo, too, as well, that's been getting some hype as well. Um, and just to bring this up, too, Packers, obviously, they have, you get 30 visits for draft prospects. The wideouts that they have brought in, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, and uh, Tolbert here, those are, they all came in for visits. So the Packers are showing some interest, especially someone like Burks. Maybe they were kind of quizzing him on knowing the game and all that. Um, Homework. Two other guys to talk about briefly uh, Taekwon Thornton. Hopefully I said that name right. Out of Baylor, 6'2, only 181 pounds. Decent RAS, but a special teamer. 
it's kind of the same thing with Vilas Jones Jr. out of Tennessee, another high RAS score. Look at they brought both of those guys in for workouts as well, and they're kind of later round picks. So I wouldn't be surprised if we throw a flyer on them with this whole new kind of focus on special teams. Those two seem like guys that they would want to throw out there. And I've know. seen Vilas Jones in a couple mock drafts going late day three stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they think he can return punts really well. Yeah, and we suck on like special teams. Period. Um, I don't see a downside of taking him day three anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, he's athletic, and that's yeah, crazy athletic. Packers always kind of focus on that, and especially when you get to day three. Those guys at the end are usually like just freaks who play at, you know, in the middle of bumpfuck nowhere. Right. So moving on, uh, keeping with the offensive guys briefly, just names to throw out there. Um, looking at the offensive line. Once again, we've got some flexibility here because we have, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen at the right tackle spot or when Bakhtiari is going to come back. Are we going to have Yash play right tackle? Is when is Elton going to come back? Is he going to play guard? There's also some talk with Josh Myers and the way he's still listed on the website is a center slash guard. So we could really take a center guard or tackle in the first couple rounds. And I would not be surprised because as we saw last year, there's a lot of flexibility with the guys that we have. So briefly, we can go through a couple guys. First guy to talk about uh, Sean Ryan, offensive tackle, UCLA. And all these guys are just fucking massive. 6'5", 321, RAS score, 8.17. Then there's uh, Trevor Penning, offensive tackle, Northern Iowa. 6'7", 325, RAS score, 9.96. Two guys who Packers brought in for workouts, Abraham Lucas, 6'6", um, RAS score, 9.5. And there's this guy, Bam, I don't know how to... So I'd say Olaseni. Olaseni, offensive tackle, 6'7". He's 26 years old. Yeah, I'm out. But just a massive human being. He's looking more like a mid to late draft pick. But Abraham and Bam are two guys that the Packers brought in for workouts. So, I don't know. We could take a look there, too. Those guys are all tackles. The interior offensive line, Zion Johnson, um, Boston College, 6'2". Rass score, 9.74. And then Kenyon Green, out of Texas A&M, 6'3", and a RAS score of 5.97. But he's someone who keeps popping up in mock drafts, too. But just some names to be aware of. I'm I'm at the point where, you know, it, the only real needs that the Packers have seem to be wideout, offensive line depth, maybe a tight end if you want to really, you know, get sexy with it. And moving on to the defense, it's kind of the same thing where it's like defensive line, maybe edge for depth and safety for kind of depth, but also a need that we're going to have in the very, yeah. very near future. I think those are about the three, four places we like maybe need anything pretty much. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, talking about getting a little sexy there with the tight end, a little bit of news broke last night. Darren Waller reportedly was almost traded to the Packers during the Devontae Adams trade. Seems like initially he was part of the deal instead of the second round pick that we got from the Raiders. Aaron Nagler reported this, um, but then the league put a kibosh on it. There's two different there's different reports out there because it seems like Raiders guys are reporting it too that it was talked about but never going to happen. Nagler made it sound more like that the league wouldn't allow it because Devontae Adams was not signed to the franchise tag, so you couldn't move a guy who wasn't tagged. 
Then at the same time, listening to Jason Wildey today, he talked to some guys within the organization and said he does not think that they're really trying to move Waller. But then at the same time, I listened to Nagler this morning and he said he gave it a 57% chance that the Packers will trade for Waller this week, which is a little exciting. I don't think it would happen. Either way, he's 30 years old. He's got two years left on his deal, only making seven million dollars. Which Sheesh, that's nice. He's not even he's not even in the top half of tight end, so he would want a new deal. Kelsey's getting fifteen per right now. I would think he'd want something similar to that. I wouldn't mind trading for him, but at the same time, I mean, could become a contract issue. He might not even play a year or something. But we would we would have to sign him to a new deal. Which I guess if you're you know looking at Devontae Adams wanting thirty and Waller. I just probably wanting 15. I don't think it's an awful thing if they do trade for him because then if you get one of these rookie receivers and you only trade like a yeah. se- you trade the second back to the Raiders because that's what they want like that's what initially was going to be happening plus a first allegedly like, allegedly you know all this is allegedly but yeah. I'm just speaking in hypotheticals but um I don't know I just it wouldn't be the worst cuz if you pay him then you got these younger guys on rookie receiver contract level things yeah. so it's not going to kill you in the cap at the moment and we haven't had any real beast in the middle since Jermichael Finley and he would probably be that guy but at the same time I don't know if I want to one invest a draft pick two invest that money in a 30 year old tight end who doesn't really block I get a little bit of the Jimmy Graham vibes okay with him obviously you know I don't want to besmirch his name like that but one of the classic Packer lines too with Ted Thompson was you'd rather move on from a guy, you know, a year too early than a year too late. And I'm wondering if we could see that from Waller here in the next couple of years. So I don't know, but something to think about keeping it on with the tight ends, though. Trey McBride out of Colorado State is a high RAS score. Um, he seems to be the the uh, best tight end in it, probably. Yeah, there's uh, Greg Dulich from UCLA, who the Packers had visit, along with Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin. Uh, local visit there and then obviously uh, Jelani Woods out of Virginia who everyone seems to be talking about he essentially had a perfect RAS score and athletic freak looking at him looking at his face he looks like the perfect hybrid between Devontae Adams and Jared Cook which would be <laughs> that's just scary I mean that's just like, a face my goodness but if he could turn it into something he would be if he a was very, physically very doing that player. like combo whoo yeah that'd be something else so I don't know if we take a guy. I feel like it would be Woods, maybe in like the third or fourth if he drops. But you never I think know. a sneaky one. There's day three, Jake Ferguson. Like, yeah, like he played at Wisconsin, so you don't see a lot of passing. But like I've watched a lot of Wisconsin football, and he can like really play. I think he's an NFL level tight end. Yeah, I feel like they've had those uh, decent couple tight ends. Well, there was the dude with the missing fingers a couple of years ago. God, who else was there? I don't know, but they—I mean, they had Owen Daniels, and who Owen, did they have recently. Jesus, Owen Daniels. He was a beast, I, though. I thought of him for freaking ever. He was nice, though. <laughs> um, moving on to the defensive side of the ball, some prospects. Obviously, got started at the defensive line. Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis are the names that keep coming up a bunch. I don't know if Davis is going to fall that far, but if he's there at twenty-two, I assume the Packers are going to take him. Both guys out of Georgia, both athletic. We'll see. Wyatt's one of the guys who has some character issues, it seems, but the Packers also brought him in for a workout interview. So shows they're interested. Maybe they're trying to pick his brain before committing to him. I mean, 
we seem to like Georgia guys, and Georgia recency bias was they're pretty good. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean they're all going to pan out, but I mean that's one of the like their negatives. defense has been flat out hum in the last two years, and that's what it's been. Where the defense is so good, where it's almost working against these guys, where people are saying, "Well, we don't know how good they are because the defense is always because so everyone's a five star." Like it's exactly. an interesting argument, but when you're just dominating, like the five stars are playing well, then <laughs> exactly. Um, moving on to safety. The two names that keep popping up the most are Lewis Klein and Daxon Hill out of Michigan. Once again, we don't have an, an immediate need there, but we kind of have that flexibility in the secondary. There's been some talks of, you know, Rasul Douglas could potentially play safety. Uh, Darnell Savage could potentially play nickel, that star spot. Once again, not knowing neither of these guys are locked up beyond next year currently between Amos and Savage. So to get someone else to throw in there, it wouldn't be the worst, especially getting you know a cheaper deal done than paying up for either of those two. We'll see. It's also strange. Once again, I like Amos a lot, but they gave him void years instead of an extension these last two off seasons, which makes you think maybe they're looking to move on. But we'll see what happens in the next you know few days after the draft. That'll probably tell us a lot. I think they'll take like maybe not one of those, but I bet they take a safety period in this draft. For yeah, sure. I would think they have to. Just with those contract year guys going there. It's very weird because Henry Black played a decent amount of snaps for the Packers last year, and I do not believe he is even on the roster anymore. He's one of those restricted free agent types, and they decided not to give him a contract. So it's pretty much the two guys we keep talking about, and then Vernon Scott and you know just some undrafted dudes from last year. So I would assume they're going to inject that position with some, Something. With some talent here. Uh, next spot to look at. Edge, there's George. God, I just hate these names. Karloftis. Karloftis. Yeah, see, it's it's like my last name where it's not that bad if you just say it, but looking at the spelling. <laughs> you're you're sizing like, it up. Exactly. <laughs> trip over myself. He's uh so he's a hot name too. I think uh Bill Huber for Sports Illustrated just put out a mock draft too where he had the Packers taking him at uh with the twenty second pick. Everyone's talking about him like being uh like everyone's talking about getting a D line guy, and like everyone's talking about a D tackle. Like he's my favorite out of everyone in the draft right now for us in our range. If we keep every, we just keep our picks. Like Does I really it, like him because he has some flexibility too. Because he's a bigger guy. He played in he a could, he played in a three four at Purdue. So maybe he would be a good guy to kind of fill that scenario like, spot too, where you can move him inside, move him outside. The as way well. he like moves, just because I watch a lot of Big Ten football, is like it's like a bad name, but like. Julius Peppers like he like a bad, a bad well not a name. bad name but I'm saying like if you're just like saying he's gonna be that okay. he's not gonna just be that you know I, what I mean I he still... could be that but he moves like that and he like dominates kind of like that on those on like holding up the line you know I still remember getting... setting the edge he just sets the edge that, well you know that's funny because that reminds me I remember back in the day uh after his rookie year he was pretty much injured getting people hyped about Mike Neal who was <laughs> out of Purdue as well I'm pretty sure but I compared him in my brain to like Julius Peppers because of the size and all that, and he obviously wasn't uh, wasn't that good. He wasn't that bad, but I was surprised after the Packers moved on from him, he never stuck on in the league. This guy's just dominant enough where I'm just like, I just feel like he's gonna be good. Yeah, we'll see if he falls. That That's far. just my speculation. But. Yeah. Um, another edge to talk about: Drake Jackson, USC. He's another hot name that everyone seems to be mocking to the Packers. Um, another athletic dude. You get him in the third round, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, whatever. That's, that's what people are all right. talking. Uh, David O. Oh my God, Ojabo. Yeah, Ojabo. Ojabo. Here we go. Michigan. Another one people are talking about quite a bit. Jermaine. He did tear his Achilles, so 
Oh, he's, oh, he's out. Okay. Um, but like, if he comes back, he's fine. Yeah, he's a beast, no doubt. He would have been a top like 15 pick though if he's healthy. I believe he might have been one of the other guys that we brought in for a visit. And to round it out, Jermaine Johnson, Florida State, we brought him in for a workout as well. So he's crazy fast. Yeah. I mean, Florida State has a lot of. I mean, who have we had? Leroy Butler was out of Florida State. We, do, we drafted Javon Walker out of Florida State. There you go. Yeah. 2002. That's our last first round receiver pick. Yeah, that's right. We don't need to hear anymore. <laughs> I know it wasn't great, but like you're saying Florida State guys. He's a Florida yeah. State guy. But that's kind of where we're at. Once again, this draft, it seems to be very heavy edge, decent on the defensive line, decent on the offensive line, pretty deep at wide out. Tight end seems to be hit and miss and kind of, you know, hit and miss on the offensive line too. A lot of good prospects physically, athletically, maybe not production wise, but if you look, if you scroll for all the Packers visits for the offensive linemen, every one of those guys were like six, five or higher and just gigantic fucking dudes. Well, they all have like good athletic scores, it seems like too. So like the guys are mobile and that's like key. I feel like the way we like kick out with Aaron Jones kind of tosses like right. the guy's got to be a little athletic too for sure we'll we'll see what happens I'll say my predictions here I with the first with the first uh four picks I think the Packers once again I think I mentioned it earlier I would be pretty surprised if we don't take some combination of a wide receiver defensive lineman and offensive lineman with those first four picks and looking at our you know, the first four rounds, I think they will all probably be those three positions as well. But then you add on edge, safety, and tight end. I just don't think we're going to, I don't, you know, drafting a corner high, especially the first two rounds, I would be shocked if that happens. And obviously the same thing with quarterback or running back. But I think we're going to have a nice mix of where the draft prospects, you know, there's a nice little uh, overlap there of, what the Packers have at a need and what this draft is heavy with. Cause it, there's not a lot of high end picks in this draft. A lot of people have talked about too, how this is the most boring draft in recent memory. There's not a lot of top end talent, but I think in the middle, it's actually pretty talented. Which like is, for how deep it is, which I is think. perfect for us. Cause we yeah. have all these picks this year. So exactly. I'm pretty excited. Once again, I think I it's, I go back and forth cause there's a lot of exciting guys at all these different positions and, I would like two wideouts, but then I'm, you know, we'd have a hole probably at edge or safety where these are really exciting prospects, especially edge. I feel like, you know, if we would have been here a couple of years ago and we really had that hole when we just had Matthews and freaking Nick Perry, we right, take, right. take a few guys here, but when the edge was like a literal hole, like, yeah, yeah. And we couldn't stop the run, run to the side that has that they're going to destroy him. Yeah. That was scary. Yeah, like my predictions for the first round, I just like, in my opinion, a perfect draft plays out. You get an edge. I already, like, I'm just going to say Carl Loftus. I want him, yeah. like, at 22. That's the guy I want. You have Rashawn Gary's already a monster, and you got Preston Smith playing great last year. He just keeps that going. You had Carl Loftus to that. I love that for just energy and, like, talent on the edge. Um, then I'm taking 28. I'm taking a receiver, uh, one of those guys that's left. Combination of Pierce. I'm not taking. Uh, Send you guys' name again. Jackson. Uh, Watson. 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 Yeah. Um, I'm not taking him unless he's there in like 53. Then you like, if you're not, if you can't get like Pickens, in my opinion, or uh, P. 
Pierce at like 28. Those are my two favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, can't get one of those guys. Just fall back to 53 and take Watson probably. Yeah. Take a chance on that. Um, maybe trade for another receiver, like trade a pick next year or something. I don't know. But and then at the fourth, like last pick in the second round of the top four picks, um, I'm probably taking like a sa- I'm taking one of the safeties maybe. Right. Um. Otherwise, at that point, you try an offensive lineman. Yeah, and because it seems like offensive line, you can find someone no matter where you're at in the draft. Well, the way we've been drafting offensive linemen since Goody took over, it's yes. been pretty wild. Like, he is hitting on almost every one of them, shockingly, and it's, wow. I was just like, you get him another one in the second round, the guy's probably going to be talented. I think, And I think that's a big reason. Uh, I think his name's Scott Hendrickson, who we brought over from Baltimore. He was one of the higher-ups there. He's one of our big offensive line scouts. I'm trying to think of who he's brought in, but... I think that's been a big reason too, and obviously Adam Stenovich just turned everyone into yeah decent players. He he's coaching the line well. Yeah, um, I'm in kind of that same boat. I feel like at 22, it's going to be a defensive player. I think it's going to be a defensive lineman. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, if Davis falls, I would think him. But if not, it might be Wyatt. I mean, if Jordan Davis is there, like that's very intriguing because yeah. you put him and Kenny Clark in there, and whoa, that's some wild stuff you can do. There's talks too if he falls. Wouldn't be surprised if the Packers moved up to like 19 to take him. Just for sure. You do have so many picks this year as well. And it's just an anomaly. Like that's yeah. size and what he ran. Whew. So I would I would think we're going to take a defensive player at 22. After that, 28, I think that's the spot where we're going to take a wide out. But I wouldn't be if one of those safeties fall there or there is still a really talented edge. Wouldn't be shocked if you do that. But once again, if we don't leave the second round without taking at least one wide receiver, Everyone's saying like Pierce is the guy who you can pen who you can pen in as a Packers wide out because he is such a Packers type guy. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, another thing to talk about too, and I love this kind of deep thinking. I think Tom Silverstein brought this up. How he wouldn't be surprised to see the Packers trade back from the first this year and try to get a first for next year because next year is going to be you know a much bigger, well, anything would be deeper quarterback class than there's this year. A, there's more top-end talent next top year. Top-end. I wouldn't be surprised if he's trying to get some picks, maybe even move Jordan Love, because that's the other talk, too. They've been talking about it all week. Apparently, uh, who did I see today that really was, like, getting up on him? I can't remember who it was. It uh, might have been. Was it Jeremiah Trotter or something? I don't know. But I can't remember. They're saying Jordan Love would be like the number one quarterback out of this draft class. Yes. If you could like trade away Jordan Love, maybe trade back in the first, get a couple draft picks, hold on to them, and then move up next year to take the heir apparent, that would be fucking awesome. I would love that. But who knows? Lots of things to talk about. Well, not much to talk about now. It's finally we're at the end of mock draft season. About ready to do her. I'm so sick of Twitter <laughs> and everyone's cute little mock drafts yeah. where it's either like everyone with this name or just wide outs. I'm just ready for it to finally be yeah, over. Let it happen. So then we can really just size it up. And then spend, you know, all of Thursday and Friday night just looking at highlight tapes. So. Yeah, you can watch a good ten minute video. For sure. And then, <laughs> and then you'll be an expert. But uh yeah, that's all we have. I think think we'll hopefully get something else out after the draft but i wanted to throw something out there beforehand just get some thoughts out there with that blake i don't have anything else do you have anything else uh wolves and six and has got 30 tonight who 
Anthony Edwards. Oh, God. Didn't he suck the last game? No. No, was it the one before that? He hasn't actually played bad. Carl Anthony Towns has played bad That's two right. games. He always fucking, he's so soft. Anthony Edwards is averaging like 25 as the first four playoff games of his career. Who who would you compare Cat uh, to in the NFL for quarterbacks? Ooh, that's good. Ooh, okay. I got my. I got mine now. I asked the question, but you go. You go first. I would say Dak Prescott. That's what I was going to say too. Because he puts up crazy numbers, <laughs> yeah. but then when the moment meets him in the face, he does not meet the moment. I feel like they both had that same like stupid face on too when they mess up or something goes wrong. They're like. Yeah, like it's somebody else's fault every time, yep. and it's never actually their fault. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, sure it isn't. When you can just clearly see sometimes, like, yeah, that was your fault. Not all of it's Town's fault, but like sometimes he just does not help himself. That's fine. I'm glad we both agreed on that, too. And hey, cat, Dak, it kind of rhymes, too. I think we found the perfect... Uh... Hey, three le- three letters. Yeah. So, uh, well, shit, now actually with that, I don't have anything else. Blake, you got anything else? I got nothing else now. Cool. All right. Well, with that, Eric Koskinen, please don't sue us. I quit my job. Yeah, it just won't pay. I worked all year. I worked all month. Then they took my money. Again, talking. Hello, boy. What did you have for lunch? Um, I had Buffalo Wild Wings street tacos. Wow, you eat beat up quite a bit. Yep. Or maybe I'm just I had a side salad though, so it wasn't just full fat ass. <laughs>